0: Hey, welcome to Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode was brought to you by patron Josh Baszler. I'm Matt Low,
1: And I'm Orin Kaplan.
2: And I'm Carlin Hudson.
1: Uh, we don't do that, Carlin. That's just Matt and I oh, wait, need to shit. introduce ourselves. You told me I could <laughs> oh, say it. You really set her up on that one. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So, Carlin, thanks for joining us. We are just catching up on the director's life.
0: The director's life. Yeah, it's, it's almost the end of the year. In Hollywood, I think it's the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Are you guys getting a feeling? It's like this is the Monday before Thanksgiving. And so, basically, everyone's going to be out of town until Sundance is over.
1: Yeah, Matt has like this real calendar mentality in hollywood and i hate to admit it but he's usually right mm-hmm. carlin how do you feel
2: <laughs> i agree like we'll get to what i'm up to later but i have this the script that we're going out to people with and like we have a plan based on you know
0: when people are back in town basically yeah yeah like if you sent something tomorrow you basically just be throwing it away
2: yeah and it's confusing because in meetings they're like i want to read it over the holidays it would be yeah. perfect yeah yeah but my reps are like no <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're right. Because think about it. Think about any job. If you started a big long term project the day before you go on vacation for Thanksgiving, are you really going to be like passionate about it? And then if what what if like when you got back from Thanksgiving, someone sent you six other projects that you could also pick from? What are you going to do? Are you going to remember the project you've read over vacation while you're like stressed out with your parents?
1: Right. Well, so Go I next. think there's two types of projects that you should do in December. And there's a very obvious thing that you shouldn't do, which is what Carlin just said. You shouldn't like reach out to executives or agents and have them look at your materials at that point. Agents, managers, any of those people are bad news during the holidays, right? Or anyone that has kind of like the regular nine to five job. But the two places that uh, I feel like are really active in December is one commercials are still happening because people are trying to spend their like Q4 money right. or at least commit it to a job. Like I've been on so many jobs where we don't even shoot till like mid January, but they want to spend the, the money calendar year. by yeah. December 31st. Oh. So it's like you're up for all these jobs but they're like not shooting for a while. I had yeah.
2: a call tomorrow about a job and I was like "When does this shoot? And they're like, "Oh,
1: we don't know." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "Wait, They just what? need it to hit their books.
2: Uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: So that is one, uh, So that's one type of job. And then the other type of job uh, is the indie job. Like it's when mm-hmm. that DP that's been busy on that TV show all year uh, becomes available. Or your friends that you wanted to write something with or go shoot something with uh, become available. Equipment is easier to get. Stages mm-hmm. are easier to book. All that stuff. So yeah. I think it's like the developmental time. And I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before. But uh, our my daughter, her name is Winter. And we named her that because... Winter is like the time in L.A. where you kind of get to think for yourself about yourself and a little less about like chasing other things. And it's kind of this serene, introspective time that we really like. So anyhow. Anyhow. Well, on that note, actually,
0: as winter approaches, we just kind of we were thinking about like, oh, what's the next year going to hold for us? Like what? Like the three of us have done quite a bit of stuff over the last year. So we thought this would be kind of a good early
1: year end wrap out basically yeah Um, I think we've done a lot of stuff but we've also seen the industry change in interesting ways Uh, not I mean obviously we've talked about diversity a lot on the podcast but also just like branded content has like come in full force and disappeared and come back and a lot of Companies have folded in the last year. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Go 90 and all these places that would, like, when we started this podcast, I was like, you're an idiot if you don't move to LA and just talk to anyone about making a show because everyone's making shows. Like, remember Overstock.com, like, was starting their own, like, what? streaming service? No, <laughs> I do not. Like, it's like everyone was making, like, million dollar web series. And so, not, not anymore. I was t- <laughs> telling everyone, like, you got to just pitch any dumb idea. You know, you and your roommates are moved to LA, make a show about it. Um, and now it's like no one is doing that. Yeah. So it's interesting when we've we've all done shows in that space, and it doesn't quite build to anything. Like we have to move sideways instead of up, um, in in that vicinity. So yeah, it's interesting to talk about kind of what we you know we thought is going to happen for us next year, or not what will happen, but what we're trying to make happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Matt, what do you get? Boy, good question. <laughs> So,
0: yeah, this year was a a transitional one for me, you know, like I had done a lot of stuff that felt uh, like a step forward in terms of prestige or notoriety or things like that. I did, you know, some stuff for Ellen and some stuff for Facebook Watch and like some broadcast commercials and, you know, kind of some, some big steps, but also not always the most creatively fulfilling you know like there there was always a ton of awesome creative challenges and things like that but it wasn't um it wasn't the tier one sort of projects like if you go way back to one of our first or second episode like the the passion projects basically where had kind of fallen by the wayside so I did do one of those this year that it you know honestly it's taken me six months to finish Um, but so I think that you're talking about your short film my short film yeah yeah i literally was like color timing it today and we shot it in july august something like that
2: oh but it's locked and you're finishing it
1: yeah yeah oh. definitely yeah it's cool. like it's like pretty darn close in the meantime carlin got a butt suit filmed a short <laughs> film with it played it at south by southwest <laughs> got famous got a drug problem so famous. went way down yeah. Hit rock bottom. And, and now was it, back it at the back same already. place. Yeah. yeah. Well done, it was a rough Carlin. A few
2: months in yeah. a drug, drug, drugdom. That's yeah. not a word. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I think that's kind of interesting. Like, how big do you think short personal, short projects like play into your plans for like moving forward in your career? Hmm. Next year.
0: Yeah. That's a great question.
1: Carlin, are you,
0: you had a very successful short, right? It premiered at South by, it was short of the week. That's kind of like
2: Vimeo stat pick. not oh, short of the
0: week. Pardon me, pardon me. They're yeah, so different. We'll say this: they're both very prestigious online festival style. Yeah. Demarcations, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean that. I, I guess that was a year ago because um, well, I made it that played South by this year. This year, yeah. But we shot it in September of last, of year. last year.
1: And then you must have submitted it like immediately.
2: Yeah, I got a, an extension. Did you? Yeah, because I had, you know, I I knew you, the programmers and she's an and, Austin local. I'm an Austin local, and then distance my series pilot premiered there at 2016.
0: Mm, great. Yeah. So
2: you know, I was already an alumni, I guess at that point.
1: Yeah, So you had, had a little wiggle room. You had some email addresses you could. I
2: had some email yeah. addresses. Yeah.
1: And so did that. What did that short do for you? Do you think?
2: Honestly. When I so last year, I mean, I feel like every year I'm like not working as much as I want to and never quite reaching. I'm sure we all feel that way. But the year that I made that short, i had made two other short comedy films, too. And um, that was just the most like successful and ambitious, even though they all cost like less than a grand each. Uh, I just needed to make something. I was just mm-hmm. like, what the fuck am I doing? Just waiting around for jobs. And uh, this isn't working for me. Like, I'm not on set as much as I want to be. And I just was like, I have to just get out there and, and do things. And so, luckily, my partner, um, he we he wrote nice ass. I did not. But also, we would split the cost of these mm-hmm. things. And so, some we wrote. The other ones we wrote together, but that one he wrote. But anyways, it was, it was nice because we could just be like, okay, we're going to shoot something in two months mm-hmm. on this, like, one of these weekends. Like, pick a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the butt <laughs> one, the only complicated thing was... We had to get the costume made,
1: right? Which is a giant butt costume.
2: Which I, I'm like, it was far and away the most expensive part of the film. was three hundred and fifty bucks or three hundred bucks. Hey, Man, that's that's a steal. I think the sh- that short in particular was such a good way of me regaining confidence as a director, saying mm-hmm. like, I can. This is a style of comedy that I can do, and it's really visual, and it's um, you know, it's like a it's short, but it it has a very specific point mm-hmm. of view and whatever and. Yeah, it was like an easy thing to follow up with people on. Like, hey, mm-hmm. this thing premieres out by, check it out. It's three minutes. So I just was in cool New York boy. and had all these yeah. meetings. And everyone was like, I love that short. Because like, who didn't have time to watch a three-minute movie?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what meetings did you have in New York? And how did you get them?
2: Um, through my managers, I met with like Animal Kingdom. You know they are? They produce Short Term 12. They're
1: um,
0: like with, it's like... MGM Studios, Disneyland, Epcot.
2: <laughs> my mother on the phone goes, of course I know it. I Animal Planet. I was like, no, Mom, it's not. <laughs> I love that channel. I was like, no, no, it's not Animal Planet.
0: Me Cat Manor?
2: Yeah, okay, that was a good show. But uh, yeah, and like Sarah Jessica Parker's company, and but just like companies like that, because people are, I think, getting interested in uh, my feature script. So oh. I met with them about that.
1: And how did what does your manager tell them about your feature script to get the meeting like they send a log line or a treatment or something yeah i
2: think they send a log line and because i'm not ready to share it yet it's getting
0: close Mm. um oh that's interesting are you worried that you're gonna get this interest and then
2: it's just not i mean i'm on draft i'm calling it draft Mm 2.5 it's just not ready to share it's 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 the close i mean Usually my first drafts are pretty unreadable. Mm -hmm. This one was a little bit better than a usual first draft because I spent many months outlining and was like very serious about that portion before Mm -hmm. I went to the writing phase. So it's a little further along than an average second draft.
0: Yeah. How long ago did you start writing?
2: I got permission to tell the story in July.
1: It's a true story? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, cool.
2: Based on, loosely based on a true story. It's a comedy? Yeah. Dramedy, comedy. Yeah
1: cool yeah is it about a butt
2: it's about breasts <laughs> <laughs> it, it is kind of about these things though because so it's about sex ed you're gonna
1: cast oh, twins cool. maybe i don't know <laughs> that's right <Yeah. laughs> um cool so it, yeah i guess so the build so it's like we're putting out these building blocks right the nice ass south by southwest even if people haven't seen it It's like, hey, this is a, Mm -hmm. you know, she had had a project at South by this year. What I think is really interesting that you said is like you, it just helped you regain confidence. And it's like, there's something important, I think, about doing something every once in a while that Mm -hmm. people are like, oh, that's good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know, we always joke about how like, Every once in a while, there's a job you know
0: you're not going to put on your website or going to make your reel or something. I,
2: I just heard a phrase for this that I'm obsessed oh. with. Oh. For the meal, not the reel.
0: Yeah. yeah You've yeah. heard that. I've uh,
1: never heard. I've it. heard. That's funny, from, right? Some are for the reels and some are for the deals. Mm. I mean, those are both funny. Like If like your 75-year-old agent is saying, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just do this one. It's for the meal, not for the reel. Come on. <laughs>
2: But the like, job that I'm up for right now is like it's it could be maybe for the real, probably not, but like they sure. called me today and they said, you know, it's a for the meal because I told them that last week,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's like such a turn off when someone says, says that, yeah, they like, no, I've never heard that term, but people are like, yeah, like I did this job a while ago, and I was like, this casting is kind of weird and the scripts aren't very good. I was saying to the producer, like, trying to figure out, like, in my treatment how to talk about this, but I don't want to be mean and I want the job, obviously. I think it can be good. And then they're like, yeah, we hate it. We're just doing it. That's what the client wants. (laughs) Sure. Well, there's a difference between making
0: something that everyone knows is bad and is okay with that. You don't want to do that, right? But there's also, you know, my Facebook watch show is a great example of, like, It's a show that's hosted and like direct to camera and then has also sketch comedy elements. That's not a thing that I am aiming for in the grand scheme of things. And so, like, I don't put that on my reel. That is for the meals, but I'm still trying to make it good. And that show is good. Right. It's a, that's a different thing. But that's a different thing. It is what it is.
1: You know, like, if you're making a good version of the, if you don't like, if the medium isn't what, you want to be known for it's one thing but if you know like something can be really good and it's just like the script needs to change a little, or it needs to simple be simplified a little sure. bit or it's a little overly ambitious to be good um it's I, hard i'm I, saying you can you can take a meals job and not be a complete sellout you know what i mean oh <laughs> I yeah i guess is yeah. what i'm saying yeah no but but i guess kind of how this started is that it doesn't necessarily give you the confidence that you need. It doesn't replace one of those jobs. Well, and doing a great job on a thing that you aren't totally
0: aspiring to doesn't give you any confidence either. It can deteriorate as well. Mm -hmm. Like I did a good job on my Facebook show and didn't feel emboldened by it afterwards. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, the worst is like, I mean, years ago I did – I was doing a lot of comedy stuff and somehow I got like a hidden camera thing that was comedic a little bit, but it was real people and hidden camera. And I did one thing and it came out like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then all the people that I did it for just kept hiring me over and over to do hidden camera stuff, which I had zero interest in doing, but it's like, well, I guess I'm not going to turn down a job. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that aspect of it too, where you just keep getting the jobs that you don't want to do, but are their jobs. Yeah. Well, so, okay, so you have your short done. Do you want to make another short? Like, I guess, what's the... Yeah, that's a great... I mean,
0: I think about making another short all the time, but I think also I just want to make a feature. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of like the short of it. This I'm isn't a proof intended. of concept. No. No, yeah. No, no. You read it. it I right, read it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's purely just like the short that I made before was an exercise and just like just doing something that like is my voice that I... Do start to finish. And that doesn't take a ton of resources. like time I a gray one or a, one before? A great one. A okay. gray one. Yeah. Which is like, you know, it takes place in one apartment. It's two actors. And I was like, how do I make that cinematic and cool and fun? And it's just two people talking. Mm-hmm. And like, I can do that in one day. And it's not going to cost me a ton of money. I'll borrow some gear and ask some friends to help out. And it, it won't be a big imposition to anyone, basically. Yeah. Um, and it turned out great. And I'm, I'm happy and proud of it. It's not going to win Sundance. Do you know what I mean? Which is an interesting, weird feeling to know that, like, there were things that, of course, everyone would look at their film and go, oh, there are things I would do differently. But, like, it didn't have aspirations to be the thing, mm-hmm. my, like, my opus, right, which I think is a, a helpful strategy to have. But also the flip side of that <gasps> is that, like, you know, it's not the most audacious thing that I could that will come out of me you know what I mean
1: but also this is from the guy that thought paranormal activity was like the worst movie you ever saw before it came out right sure 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 so like, I, could, you, I could be wrong I could, could be wrong a, and I could were, be a genius
0: or you're right yeah no and also
1: we've all done like I mean I'd all those Quiznos things I did I was like this doesn't make any sense and then that's the most yeah, like yeah those are like the most those. viewed things that I did Um, so, I mean, I, I'm sure there's an element of you just like being bored of it, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Maybe I'm I'm not shitting
0: on it at all. I'm totally proud of it. You know, I think it's like, it is, it doesn't go so far beyond two people talking about their feelings that it's going to transcend that necessarily, I guess is all I'm saying. That
2: makes sense.
1: But do you think it, I mean, I guess this is for both of your shorts, nice ass and, and your other two shorts that we didn't talk about and a gray one do you think it's like a great piece to like show a production company like hey look i made this and here's my script because that's kind of what carlin's doing now with nice Mm -hmm. ass and nice Mm -hmm. ass i'm sure there were moments where you were like uh this is so dumb you know (laughs) stupid it's a really stupid
2: short but we took it seriously and like you know
1: just just to kind of maybe paint
0: the picture a little bit more nice ass is basically a person in an ass costume kind of in Rom-com tropes is yeah. that how you de- how yeah, would you yeah. describe it?
2: Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly like he's reminiscing about like his relationship to this Person you think but it's really this woman's ass, right? It's right. not sexual at all.
0: It's kind of like um, The fantasy sequence in the first Harold and Kumar where Kumar oh, yeah. falls in love with the bag of weed It's Kind of <laughs> yeah, like that like that. Yeah,
2: but we like we modeled it like we shot on like vintage Zooms and it's like has a sort of you know beautiful the the montagey stuff is very like Hollywood rom com sort of
1: yeah it's like it's a a satire yes yeah Um,
2: that's yeah it's a satire (laughs) thank you
1: but so you just said that off that short and obviously the South by laurels don't hurt but you got all these meetings and people are like what else do you have like
2: right but i mean i look but like let's be clear i didn't get those meetings because of one short i did it south by i have made a feature i met the series distance is nominated for the gotham Awards. like i i've done you know there's you i wish i heat, could say is what you're saying. Yeah, well yeah. it's just like i wish i could say this one thing and you know like every time i make something it's like this is gonna be it this is the thing that breaks me through but it's really just like another cool thing on my yeah. resume yeah. yeah
0: well and, and so to that end i think that shorts are good in that sometimes it's nice to just have something in the hopper yeah
1: right well that's the thing i think it's like so important to like just be showing people new things yeah i know this one director who's like insanely talented and he directed this like one of my favorite commercials of all time um but it was like 10 years ago and it's like a multi-million dollar like mm-hmm commercial for a giant company and you guys have probably seen it. it's like really good and really well done and cinematic and narrative and storytelling and um i know the people that represent this person for commercials and i'm like he must work all the time he made these like amazing commercials and they're like well they're all like 10 years old yeah they're like amazing but we can't really sell you're like easier to sell because you have something that just came out last week and so we can show it to someone and so that it is like so important to just keep making yeah. things. And so even, yes, of course you have, I mean, you're, you have all these amazing things you've made in a track record and resume and you've worked with like great filmmakers, but having a short that just won South by is an excuse to have a meeting. Yes, that's true. Or, yeah, did it win? No,
2: it? but I really liked how that sounded. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did it win? No, it did um, really
1: An official selection is a win. At least I mean, that's you- what laurels look like. Uh, genuinely, that's true though. You know, like, yeah. I think,
0: yeah, it's, it would be nice if it was like, I don't, but I don't even know like grand jury prize, I guess would be the thing you would <laughs> I think have it, one.
2: Yeah. And at Sundance, my, the people, friends that I know, haven't you had Jim Cummings on sure. the show? Yeah. yeah. Like winning a prize at Sundance is a, is a different thing. It's helpful. Thing.
0: Yeah. But you know, it's funny. Like, I think that, um, I remember Jim's year, people referring to different shorts as the short that won oh, Sundance.
2: Oh, I, I know.
0: Like everyone's <laughs> like, oh yeah, this one Sundance, that won Sundance. Uh, the Procedure, which is my other favorite out of oh. that year. That's We've talked about this one on the show. That's the one where the guy, this guy just gets kidnapped and he gets strapped to a table and then butt gets lowered from a c- ceiling and uh, farts in his face.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yes. I haven't seen this one, but I've heard of it. I should just go watch it.
0: You should go watch it if you're okay with it.
1: Seeing buttholes. I'm not. So. It's so frustrating. I feel like I'm always writing fart jokes and people are always telling me to remove them. And then you like hear about this, <laughs> these fart shorts winning awards. It's like shorts. the bane of my existence.
0: I don't want to sell that short short, um, <laughs> uh, but it is literally just a fart joke. Amazing. Like yeah. executed as expertly and as concisely as you possibly could.
1: Well, I guess I wonder how inspired you were because you sell your short as a pub joke. That's true. And it is. your short yeah. was an ass joke.
0: Yeah. <sighs> wow.
1: Yeah, real feelings with um. Highbrow stuff over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so I, I don't have a plan for next year, but something that I've been really thinking a lot about and excited about is like this idea of the proof of concept mm. of like making the thousand dollar short that sells a tone like it's something I've learned a lot from the treatments that I've been doing pretty much all year is that the writing some people read some people don't I I, think we all know that everybody in Hollywood hates reading scripts right Mm -hmm. reading in general is just like not something anyone does Um, and so uh, I find that I'm getting some jobs just because like they got the tone from scrolling through my treatment you know Mm -hmm. Um, and so well that's why images are so important right Yeah, and I've had this, I've been doing, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I've been doing like tests in my treatments. I'll literally shoot something with my iPhone, like a camera move, and I'll edit it, put music under it, and I'll put uh, put it on Dropbox and put a link in my treatment. And people are like, yeah, thanks for doing that test. And I'm like, sure. Like I'll be in my office and I'll just like pan the phone over and I'll like pan again. I'll be like, yeah, I came up with this thing called a whip pan. (laughs) Um, Like (laughs) I'll literally just Mm -hmm. do... D- dumb things like I can show you some they're so bad but people respond to them and I feel like the less hard I work on them the better the responses. so like my That's new theory is that I just need to I want to make this superhero movie about brothers I just need to get two guys and shoot them on my iPhone maybe like a 5D or something in my yard doing something add some effect and just start sending it to managers and saying hey here's a log line here's a test Sending Um, it to managers Or sorry producers I I guess Did you drop your manager No 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 I'm I'm with my manager Or like um, sending it like trying to get it made I'm pitching this other Indian superhero film And like we're gonna just shoot Like you know chronic like found footage style test For no money Do you have a
2: script for your feature
1: Um no Yeah but the point is If I did I think it would be really hard To get someone to read it unless I had something to show them first Mm -hmm. You know
2: Yes, however, I do think that, like, I've been asking my exec friends to send me scripts this year that they, like, find mm-hmm. that are cool and, like, pass among, amongst themselves. And, you know, they when they do read a good script, it definitely gets some buzz. Obviously, like, the blacklist exists. Sure. But I don't know.
0: But, like, yeah, people are like, oh, man, this is incredible. I, I, it's not right for us, but maybe it's right for you, basically.
1: Yeah. Right? yeah. But also a blacklist script is, like, a jury-winning Short at Sundance, like true. I I guess I feel like it's harder for me, like my where my skill set lays. It's way easier for me to do like a test video, um, you know, than it is to write an amazing feature that everyone will be passing around from agency Mm -hmm. to agency. Let me ask you this:
0: Is it better to just shoot a no budget feature? Right, Carlin, you did that right. (laughs) It wasn't, no, yours wasn't, wasn't no budget, right? Around 100? Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Okay. Low. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's not no budget. That's low budget, yeah. I
2: don't know. I mean, I have so many mixed feelings on my feature, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What was the question?
1: <laughs> Is it, Matt's saying, like, instead of I doing mean, proofs of concepts and writing yeah. or, writing or amazing short, scripts?
0: You know, obviously, you have, you have to write an amazing script in order to write a, to shoot a feature, but I guess... I the thing disagree that, but Yeah, go on. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe you don't. Maybe you you can make a great feature without a, a complete script. There's plenty of people who do that. That's a great point. But what I'm getting at is that you know, is there a recipe for a movie that you can make and Jim would argue like yes, 100%. Yeah, is there is there a recipe where I can make a indie low budget feature that i can pay for myself with a little bit of crowdfunding and
1: not wait just go do it um that that would that is me get you a studio feature well that is no, meaningful not in even, what way not even that'll get a you those great meanings
0: yeah get me yeah like maybe i'm doing more tv or
1: is uh, works out basically like well, well there's no way around this like two year mark for a feature right There's just no way. You can shoot your feature in a day. You'll still spend two years on it. Sure. I mean, but But nice ass you can do in like a month. Yes. But also I have always felt like not having a
0: feature under my belt has held me back. And like also spent a lot of time on a feature that I loved that like ended up going away. But part of the reason it went away is because like I couldn't get somebody to pay for it because it cost too much money. Mm -hmm. Which is a thing we haven't really talked about on the show, but like, That's the gist of it, basically.
1: Yeah, it's hard to rely on other people in this business. That's why even like like you see what Carlin was talking about with uh, her partner on these shorts. Like if they wrote this feature together and tried to get it financed and then like a year later someone's like, hey, I'll option this thing, but I want to put my own director on it. Like your partner probably would be like, well, why don't we do it? And you'd consider it like... Which frankly... It's the length of time on the features that it just introduces so much room for like destruction opportunity and is
0: you know again we haven't talked about it on the show that's what happened to me
1: yeah no it sucks it's happened hey, It
0: happened to people all the time
1: yeah i was the showrunner on a show just, yeah i sure. had my apartment booked in canada and it <laughs> took the job away from me
2: i got booted from the second season of a series that i created yeah you know. no
1: it yeah it sucks yeah <laughs> it great. happens i mean i think
2: <laughs> so
0: yeah cool well uh, this has been just shoot it. I'm, <laughs> I'm so, and, uh, I'm proud of the podcast, and uh, good luck, everyone. Yes, yeah. um, get the
1: guns loaded. Matt doesn't like gun jokes. I don't, um. <laughs> but but Carlin's from Texas, so she has I a soft spot for guns. guns.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true.
1: Cruz, uh, <laughs> um, oh boy, come whoa. on, come Let's on. Edit this out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to represent.
2: Texas accurately 40, well. Forty four percent of the
1: country. <laughs> That's right. Um
0: I, but we, I, you, yes, you guys get so what I'm saying. And look, this is a question we're not gonna answer tonight, but you know, is it better to just shoot a feature I think nights and weekends?
2: If if I, I guess I feel like making my future had I there's so many things I do differently and a lot of things I did right, but it was a little too low concept my future. Mm-hmm to mm-hmm. break through the noise. Mm-hmm. And so I think while it's like a really kind of, you can romanticize the idea of just like getting 50K, making this feature and whatever, cool, but what can you make for 50K that's going to be different enough and special enough mm-hmm.
1: that people are gonna pay attention. Yeah, yeah. right. it's kind of like what but, you said about your short. Because your short sure. great, it's got great performance, looks amazing, all the good sure, stuff, sure. but it is a little low concept, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a relationship short. Yeah,
0: it's a relationship short with a pube joke. Um, but that's also true if you make it for two hundred thousand or mm-hmm. a
1: million, yeah, or five million.
2: True.
0: Well, you at know, five like,
1: million, you probably have a name in it. But but here is the thing:
0: go onto YouTube and watch one indie trailer, and I guarantee you will be recommended movie after movie after movie of actors you recognize and probably know the name of. These movies that cost a couple million bucks that you have never heard of. And no one saw,
1: and don't look very good. Frankly. Well, those yeah, but those are the not good ones, the not good movies. Like um, sure, it's but the... but so what I'm saying is is that
0: that's exactly my point. If Carlin, your point is you have to make a good movie at fifty thousand dollars. You have to make a good movie at five million dollars.
2: I more than I'm more than that. I'm saying it's not enough to make a good movie. It has to be a movie that is unique enough. To like, because sure. South by and Sundance get what five to ten k submissions, and they program sixty. Right. So. Yeah.
0: But so
1: I'm saying that that's true for those numbers. Anything. are a little exaggerated, but, yeah. but still, it is. I think it's more like thirty five hundred, and they program like hundred and fifty. <laughs> okay, so so let's say let's, <laughs> like I mean it's like the, like <laughs> eight sure. times sorry, as much. Sorry. As
0: Fine. <laughs> so then you like you have to still stand out amongst those one hundred and fifty. They could get two hundred submissions. You still have to be special.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I and I think that my feature is well executed and, and it did well on like this. And it is
1: high concept. Distance you're talking about, right?
2: No, distance is high concept. My feature is not. Oh. And which one won more awards.
1: But uh, they're both relationship distance? dramedies. Yeah, distance. Well, distance, yeah, distance is, a, I mean, we've talked about this a million times, but it's the one where you co-directed it and you directed right. one side of a long distance Well, not even
2: co-directed. There's just two directors.
1: You uh uh, dual what's like dual know. dialogue like dual directed yeah you tag teamed an episode <sighs> no
2: well we did co-direct one of the episodes
1: when oh, the meat okay. spoiler, spoiler alert yeah yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah but but like you know that that series a, a dramedy about a couple in a long distance relationship like yeah bleh, nobody yeah, wants sure. to fucking see that Better unless that. Yeah. right unless it's like has you know the the point of view hook that we did
1: right right um so. well it, I absolutely hate it when our podcast guests answer a question like this, uh, but I'm going to answer <laughs> it, which is it just totally depends on sure the, on the story. And I think if you are saying, which by the way, is the same thing I'm saying, I'm not saying it's you specifically Matt, but if you're saying, I just want to make a feature, let me find something that I care about and I'm excited about. And it feels unique and fresh and whatever. And I'm going to make that feature. Will it, is that a good idea? I think like you have to kind of start at the concept and be like, this really interests me. Like what, how is it best served? Cause sure. you, you, like, there's this movie. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's amazing called mind the gap where this guy like went home and mm, it's like a
2: documentary, right? Yeah.
1: But it's like about himself and these, his friends and skateboarding. And like hmm. people are just saying it's great because he found the story that, that merited a feature. Right. You know? Well, but what I'm saying is that sometimes
0: you have to give yourself permission to say, Hey, I am going to, write a movie that I'm going to make. And like, of course, we all presuppose that we're going to take all of our insight and talent and every bit of experience that we've garnered over the last however many years, and then you put everything you got into a movie, right? What I'm saying is is that like, you have to decide, okay, a $50,000 movie could be good enough to break through the noise. I think that's the thing that's still a little challenging is that there's not necessarily a good example of that yet.
1: Right. Well, uh, yeah, Blair Witch Project, the 20 year old example. Sure. Um, But what Mm -hmm. about, like, you look at what Adi Shankar did in our previous guest? He made that Punisher short, which, you know, for $50,000, you could make that. And off of that, you could get a TV job. You could get something. Mm -hmm. You could get Buzz, at least. Um,
2: He made a $50,000 short.
1: He claims it was $10,000, but it had Thomas Jane in it and all these things exploding and, like, you know, but it he basically kind of launched this, like, Marvel, uh, what it, what's bootleg it called? Universe. The bootleg universe, where he, like, basically huh. used Marvel properties without permission and made these shorts. And it, he also produced The Grey, which was, you know, was, like, a giant blockbuster. The Liam Mason movie? Yeah. No, the lesson <laughs> is that what he told us is he goes into meetings, and people don't ask him about this, like, $50 million no, he produced. Right. They ask him about this $10,000 short he made, because that's the one that people, there was controversy, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, And so can you I think you can make an awesome $50,000 feature if it's like about something either a true story or some really controversial point of view about something or something just so personal or unique or I I don't know. I mean that Eli Roth made this like horror film about this like tribe in South America that like had never met people that were like cannibals and he like went really went to south america and found these like real cannibals and used them and like oh my God. it sounded so and you know and you had a few million dollars it sounded like so crazy and interesting and like nobody saw it like so <laughs> it, i i think real cannibals you yeah you gotta like name brand it, there's no way to hedge it and i think the best chance you have is to like find something authentic that feels like it's coming from a real place and make sure that A fifty thousand dollar feature is the right way to tell it, but if if a fifty thousand dollar proof of concept or a ten thousand dollars short is is the better way to tell it as a ten million dollar movie, then I think you might take that first step. Right, or I just write the ten million dollar movie. You do both. Yeah, I do both. But then, who's going to give you the ten million dollars?
0: Well, I while I'm spending two years drinking water bottles, you're saving
1: up ten million dollars. And
0: no, in, in I'm. Water I'm oh, on generals. On generals. <laughs> I
2: was like, yeah. is that? Oh, like, oh well, got got
1: it.
0: Got it. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm on generals because I'm in that process right now, where like I sold a thing, and like, mm-hmm. you know, I j- just got an email about hey, we're taking it out in January instead of November because of all of this stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, those mm-hmm. pilgrims really fuck things up. <laughs> no kidding. Um, and that's the right decision, and like things just take time. Um, you can do both because. The thing that takes time takes so fucking long that I could have shot two movies in the time that it's taken me to sell the show.
1: Right, but I guess so. There's two right. There's time, the time element and the money element. And I think my thesis for this episode is that y- you shouldn't just make a movie because you want to make a movie. Uh, you should. Y- I don't totally agree. Right, right. No, I know. Hmm. Yeah, I know you don't agree. I'm. It's the counter thesis to your sure. <laughs> to your point.
0: Wait, I, is this how this show works?
2: that's how how script notes. Matt,
1: counterpoint. Uh, Sorry, no. But I think my point is that if you want to tell a story, you should tell it. And if you don't have the resources to tell it, show people how you're going to tell it, as opposed to just writing a ten million dollars script and saying I would do an amazing job at this.
0: Right, which is uh, I have been doing for years. Do you know what I mean? I'm great at writing treatments. I'm great at pitching. I'm great at like writing pilots.
1: And that stuff is all still going at the rate that it goes at. Right. But I'm saying if you're doing the feature of Squaresville with those actors and it's like them 10 years later or if you're doing Google as a guy, the movie, then you have the right thing to show them. But if you're doing, you know, a movie about some political cause co- or something like something else, what are you going to show them? Right.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying is like, I think I can write a movie that I can shoot for $50,000 that can break through the noise. And also do all of that other stuff literally at the same time. I think I can.
2: And we're here to tell you that you can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I.
1: I No, I don't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I think you can <laughs> for true. sure. No, I don't. I know you both. both can. <laughs> that,
0: is, that is an A plus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um.
2: I'm trying to think of $50,000 but, movies. But that's
0: the thing. It's like, have you seen a good $50,000 movie?
2: I've seen a, quite a few good $100,000 movies. Mine is... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yours is the best.
2: <laughs> no, but for example... The movie I produced, Computer Chess, which, sure, you know, you yeah. won a jury prize at Sundance. I sure, wouldn't sure. say that it, it won Sundance. It won Sundance. <laughs> it won Sundance. Uh, one of the many prizes. It, um, I think that was like 120, 130, you know, mm-hmm. low hundreds. Yeah. And it was, it made money. It broke through the noise. Like, that movie was extremely unique. And, you know, that was a pretty low budget movie that stood yeah. out. Well, well,
0: I think when I say $50,000 movie, I just mean
1: like, yeah, mm, when I can just start. What, a yeah. nights and weekends project, basically. Um, yeah. That movie Bellflower was done for like no money. I you guys haven't seen it. I've it's, heard of that one. But I keep bringing it up because yeah, I loved it. Um, but uh, I just read this article in Deadline yesterday about the guy that's directing Creed Two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somehow he's like under Ryan Coogler's wing, but his first feature was supposedly made for no money. His second feature is Creed Two. And him wow. and his writing partner wrote a short story, a 10-page short story about a future in LA where there's no LAPD and what happens there. And they just sold it for seven figures to Legendary after 13 studios <laughs> fought for it. And he's attached to direct it. So wow. I, I'm a huge believer in spending 50 dollars to $100,000 to make something that gets you to have Steven Spielberg be like, this guy's got something. Let me... Give him a chance, you know? Um, But I I don't, I guess the question is, do you want this feature to be famous? To be like, oh, you, like, Mm. Matt is this genius that made this amazing feature? Or do you want it to lead to, you know, doing like a movie with Judd Apatow?
0: Well, let me rephrase then. How about this? I think that, what I'm where where I'm coming from, and I think you all can relate, is we're all plugging along. Like we're making getting real, meals. We're we're getting meals, we're making real progress. I think we've all if you look at the year for the three of us, we've all made significant progress. Like we are better off than we were a year ago, without a doubt. We have better credits under our belt, we have more experience. You know, you signed with a manager. <laughs> and know, I and I are shaking heads head But but I could point directly to multiple things for both of you i know you well enough to know that like you guys have done some seriously awesome work that you should be proud of and
1: has made your life better and your career better
2: it's part of the long term
1: right game. right but, and and it's that thing about the confidence like i i feel like i've made some to, you know totally decent stuff this year but i feel like last year i was on more of a high riding a high of like the sure. things i was making were like a exciting sexier and, like, yeah. and, and that's always going to be the case it's going to be a little bit of a sideways
0: but you guys are both on an upwards trajectory and that's true for me as well but I think we're all craving uh, leapfrogging right like sure. you can see how in 20 years 30 years will we will definitely still be better off than we were right now but are we as high
1: up the ladder as we want to be I don't think so well, I, our know, problem specifically, Matt and I, is we pretty much invite people on the podcast that have these crazy success stories I know that did like a movie that didn't work. Then they remade that movie and then they did a $10 million HBO pilot. Sure. Um, talking about
2: my friend, Augustine.
1: Yes. <laughs> 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 I,
0: literally, who was great. Yeah. Um, I was thinking you were talking about somebody else. Oh, well, there's but been multiple yeah. stories. How's that like story that? is so common, right? Yeah. But the point is, is that all of those guests m- did it they they like bit the bullet and made a, a feature and maybe it didn't work or maybe it was incredible but like you you still just have to keep going you know what i mean you do
2: but like i'm sure we could break down I, I could we could talk about each of these guests and i could say like why did that work for her and it wouldn't it just you know it's different for every person sure
0: sure 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 but the but the common fact is that you have to go for it
1: oh yeah right? i guess there's that of course which is kind of what this whole podcast is about but like i guess from a more like personal emotional thing is like we are constantly exposed to to the all these overnight like overnight and quote successes and so it makes us we're not looking at all these other directors that we're beating out for jobs we're looking at the directors that are selling shows to netflix that are directing hbo pilots that are got studio features yeah i don't want to
0: belittle where any of us are like we're all living our dreams life is awesome but i guess what i'm getting at is that
2: how do we get to that next how level? do we get to
0: that next level and like this is kind of like my best guess so let's let's shift a little bit people talk about the five-year plan right um that's like good advice to have basically <laughs> um and as just a way of kind of like setting your sights on things of course we all know that like you know things change things happen you know like your five your five year plan never lands exactly yeah, where hypothetical. you're hoping it's hypothetical um but before we started the show we were all kind of talking about like carlin do you have a five year plan do you have a, like a goals for when you're five years older
2: hope to have bought a house <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's like
0: but they're vague right Like, you're they're not vague. like oh i'm going to buy a house
2: no i mean i think Actually, this year I've sort of shifted career strategies in a way. Interesting.
1: Um, what's what's the new secret?
2: Oh well, let me tell you guys. Um, I feel like, and I'm, you know, I I've been doing this a little bit less time than you guys, I guess, not much, but um, yeah,
0: you are younger than us for sure.
2: Much for listeners, Just much like, younger. No, I'm yes, really not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, I guess how I see the industry going is that it's so creator driven and writer driven in a way that I didn't think it was, I guess I thought that more directors were getting hired more often for things, but like over the past year I've, I'm still doing commercials and now I just signed with a new company and hopefully gonna get more, but I'm mainly getting hired as a writer director and not just a director. And so I have even wondered, like, hmm, is directing TV really what what I want to do? Or do I want to write TV? Do I want to write features? Mm-hmm. And do I want to be a brand as, like, a am a voice? Mm-hmm. I'm not just a director. So that's more my plan now.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and- but do you, I guess not everyone would say yes. But I, I feel like everyone, given the choice of, like, do you want to be known as Carlin Hudson? Or do you want to be known as the person that directed episode four of Empire? <laughs> Well, but what I'm getting at is what are you aiming for, right. right? And Because there is a distinct difference.
0: Like if you wanted to focus on writing, put together a packet,
1: staff up. Right. Where are you going to put your time? Are yeah, you going to exactly. spend it trying to get jobs or trying to create original material? Like or, or even like if you wanted to be
0: like an EP, like oftentimes the move is staff on a show mm-hmm. for a couple of years, you know, and then find an EP to develop with.
2: Yeah, but I I guess for me, I thought I wanted to be a TV director more. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that's, not that I would turn down the job. Right. But uh, I think my path now is like, I also didn't have the confidence as a writer until recently. Mm -hmm. Even though I've been writing this whole time, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I actually think I can do this. And Mm -hmm. I think that like, and for me, my like plan to to make more features is to write things at a mid-range budget that I can be attached to direct. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm working on.
0: And so the five-year plan then is basically do that, rinse and repeat.
2: Yeah, like continue to write features that I can then also direct.
0: Would you want to do, like of course everyone wants bigger budgets and bigger studio budgets, but like in this current climate that means a Marvel movie or Mm -hmm. a franchise of some sort, you know? Like would you do a Star Wars? Yeah, I don't think I would in five years. Sorry, but like would you want to, I guess is what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah.
2: In 10 years. He's making a funny face over here. Yeah,
1: and like, it's like, would you uh, would you be willing to direct my uh, Star Wars film? Like, I, of course you I, would do a Star Wars. B- there's a difference
0: between, you know, you're your if No, who's the guy who did the Jurassic Park, the first Jurassic Park? Colin movie? Trevorrow. Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, he's a perfect example. There's like the indie director who then, a studio head is like, oh, we could, you know, force that, like trick that person into doing exactly what we want to do. And then a, a franchise just falls in your lap. And then there's people who have always been like, "Yeah, I'm headed towards that." Like Ryan Johnson is a better example of like that guy who was always doing elevated genre. and so obviously his dream was to do a Star Wars movie. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like, Oren, you would be a good example of a guy who's like, yeah, always aspiring to do those bigger and bigger, bigger things if a studio exec said hey do you want to do a star wars movie i would say yes but that's not what i'm aiming for do you know what i mean that would be like a weird surprise circumstance where we'd have to have a real conversation about it right and be like kathy listen (coughs) yeah
1: kennedy yeah uh gail and heard all right uh, uh, but just bringing this back to the what we talked about in the beginning this tier one idea right so tier one is like a project that you are passionate about—that's all we we want to do, right? And I think what Carlin is saying—and correct me if I'm wrong—is that you realize that the good jobs are the jobs that you make for yourself, right? Yeah. And if you got offered to direct, you know, uh, some ama- like uh, some amazing true story about like a person with a studio, of course you'd be like, yeah, let's do it, you know. So to me, like Star Wars is like a tier one movie, but I think the question for next year... No, 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 but
0: what I'm saying is is like, I think that those movies are offered to people. You don't get to... Carlin doesn't get to write her Star Wars spec, is what I'm saying. Right. Like that, it's like, I'm saying it's pure studio system versus self-generating, you know?
2: Yeah, but I think the difference that I'm... The only thing that I... I guess you're making it sound like almost like, well, of course you want to make your own stuff, but I'm saying... I'm not trying to be director first at this point. I'm trying mm-hmm. to be like, I'm a writer director and that's what I right. do.
0: Right. So if I offered you an episode of CSI Miami, that show is probably not still on, but like some procedural, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Criminal probably minds. Not. Criminal minds.
2: Yeah. Probably not. I mean, right? it's also like, you know, I had an opportunity to shadow on queen sugar, which is my mentors. You know, she was a showrunner. I was just like, you know, that's just, that shows not me. It's not like, that's cool. My, my reps were mad, but I was just like, I'm never going to get hired to do that show. It's not my voice. And so I'm just trying to like really cultivate like, what is my voice? What is the kind of work that I want to make? And what do I do? Yeah, yeah. And I have, and I have the confidence now to like, yes, I can execute this and mm-hmm. I can, and I can be the helm of this, not just the director.
1: Yeah. But you turned down the shadowing opportunity because you, you wouldn't have turned down the directing opportunity. You just felt like it didn't clearly lead to a directing opportunity. Yeah, that's true. And so... I don't know I guess just focusing this conversation a little more I think it's like what are we gonna do next year to take ourselves closer to doing working on like our tier one projects on the projects that we're super excited to work on um, like the studio that's gonna offer you the Star Wars or the Marvel movie is it's not the next step for us right you have to make a name right. for yourself in some way like sure. Ryan Coogler or Ava DuVernay or uh, any one of those brother directing teams, um, the Russo brothers. yeah, Russo <laughs> brothers or uh, the Daniels.
2: No, I don't know who those people are. Yeah,
1: like they're, they're not brothers. Well, thanks <laughs> on them for saying that. They have the same first name. They must be brothers. Um, yeah. What they, weird parents, <laughs> like uh, Daniel One and Daniel Two. They they are getting offered those movies because they've already done what Carlin is talking about doing, right? Right, sure. which is establishing their voice in some way, uh, and I think we all want to establish our voice. But to, for some people, it's making cooler and cooler commercials. For other people, it's like making proof of concept with treatments. For some people, it's like indie films. And for other people, it's like creating their own stuff. I guess my question for you is like, why focus on features and not like a pilot?
2: Because I, I just love features. And I, I think they're really fucking hard to write. Harder than maybe, I don't know. I think they're harder than pilots. We'll see. That, that's debatable. But um, I also because i want to make features and i also think that if i'm gonna i don't want to be a staff writer right now so i'm not going to try to write a pilot
0: yeah i would argue if you want a marvel movie make features yeah like if you want to direct tv direct tv
2: right and i'm not going say i sell a show to netflix they're not going to let me direct the pilot maybe now they would but mainly they don't or a network show they're not gonna let me direct the pilot augustine's show for hbo the guy who sold it was not allowed to
1: direct it but why did she get it
2: that's a whole nother story <laughs> i can't say <laughs> oh. but because oh. she directed a movie that premiered right. sundays so it was picked up a24
1: right yeah
2: so it's mm-hmm. like you know for tv you don't just get to like I, say you sell your show to some network they're not gonna they're just not gonna let you do the pilot it's not gonna happen
1: oh i'm already that's in my contract well yeah, I mean we'll Tony Ascenda, happens. obviously yeah. has been on the podcast. He directed the whole show, and but, that doesn't
2: happen for most people, I guess. But
1: but also,
0: I if I I don't think I would be able to sell it to a network, basically. Ah,
2: it's more digital. Yeah, yeah, or streaming it, or streaming, not streaming, digital. streaming. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, where it wouldn't be the stakes are lower, basically. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. But if you sold your pilot and it like did you shot a, a few proof like three episodes like web size episodes and they did well and you directed them then you probably could convince them to let you direct the pilot
0: I don't know that I you know. could I don't
1: think you could like the broad city like you don't think the person that directed the digital I know show for sure they, they right. did not okay high maintenance
0: uh, well so high maintenance is more is similar to the probably the deal that I did basically where it's like I'm directing every episode so if you buy the show it's because you're buying me Right, and that and that's that's basically and, and what we're all ma- saying. High maintenance was a husband and wife team, like mm-hmm. it was Ben Sinclair and Katya. I think I remember the last name yeah. Sinclair. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Like like there's either you're buying the entity entirely, or you're entering into the studio
1: system, basically. Right, I guess that's what I'm saying. Is with this proof of concept thing, is like you make the script or whatever the concept the treatment the pitch this the scriptment and you make the material that proves to them that you're the person that should direct it right like when you're directing a fifty thousand dollar feature it's because you are proving to people that they should hire you as a director right right so i don't just, know there's
2: I, just no right way to do any <laughs> well
1: i guess the the, the reason to the fifty thousand dollar feature is that i don't have to prove it to anyone yeah that's the point. Right. It is the proof. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess my my answer, I don't have a five-year plan. Yeah. I was going to say, Martin, what, what is your five-year plan? Uh,
2: Clearly a proof of concept. He's been really.
1: Sure, sure. But that's, that's I hope that's a six-month plan. <laughs> that's true. Well, it's, yeah, I think I've been, I spent all this year writing all these treatments and we talked about, you know, I do these like 20 to 30 page treatments. If I just did that for a project and then shot a test that's not just on my iPhone, but with some friends on the weekend, like you shot your short film. And I did that a few times. I feel like I could sell something. I know. I mean, we all know people to sell stuff to. We just need to show them something that will catch their attention in three minutes, like your short film, have a concept. That's like high concept and fresh and unique. And we need to prove to them that we should direct it. Right. And so I think those are the elements and you can do all of that for like almost no money.
2: You can also write for no money. I I don't know. I just really maybe I'm like really hammering home the writing thing. <laughs> but it's also the one thing you can do that's free. It takes time, but it's harder for people to take things away from you if you also are the one who's writing it.
0: Right. I wonder um, if we're just kind of circling around our core competencies. Do you know what I oh, mean? Oh, maybe. Maybe it's like, like Warren. You certainly are like really comfortable on set. And, like you can put together a group like all obviously all of us can do all of that stuff, but like, like I like
1: the physical building you of like things. the ph- yeah yeah, like you're putting, coming at it from putting putting together the pieces, yeah yeah, yeah,,
0: uh-huh. um, and maybe Carlin, you're realizing that like, oh, like you coming at it from a place of writing is a thing that you like best,
1: yeah, you're comfortable, and you don't need anyone else to
2: yeah, and i you. I think there are more writing jobs than directing jobs as well,
1: oh,
0: that's interesting.
1: I would agree. I would agree everything directed except for documentary um, is written, but not everything that's written is directed. Right. I wonder,
0: that's funny that you say that because this is maybe a stupid thing to say on a podcast, but I'm going to say it. Um, I think that in TV, oftentimes the writing is more valued and more precious than the directing is. The directing is a, for sure, be, but you can be a little paint by, paint by numbers, basically.
2: Yep, on some yeah. shows, yeah, or on most. Yeah. Some are special and like give the directors more. So
0: I feel like the barrier to entry, like if you've got a couple good episodes, recognizable episodes of TV under your belt, then I think you're kind of in. Whereas like you've got a great one act, or like you wrote a great, you know, shouts and murmurs on for the New Yorker, or and, like you have a great spe- like we know a lot of people have a lot of great specs like great samples are out there. Screen writing your time out. writing. I'm saying like having a, a couple episodes of scripted TV under your belt makes you so much more competitive than a very like than an awesome writing sample. So I'm saying comparing getting a writing job to getting a directing job. I wonder. I think that getting a directing job, even though there are fewer directing jobs for a television show, I think they might be a tiny bit easier to get once you get past that barrier of entry. Oh, I totally disagree.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that too.
0: You would disagree or you would agree. I would agree with what yeah. you said yeah, yeah, but you have to yeah. get the
2: first couple. It's not even That's the first the hard episode. Part. Yeah It's the second and the third and yeah.
0: then and then then you're in mm-hmm. as a director
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay I mean I feel like we've heard so many stories of people that have directed like three episodes of TV and can't get a Really directing job for the life of them. Yeah Hmm. Uh, I mean, now you know. Nowadays, people are hiring like the actors, the cast to direct episodes, and the producers and the writers. We had a writer on our show, producer writer on our show, that like is not even a really big fan of directors, and he's directing two episodes of wow. his show. So, you So that know.
2: is frustrating in TV that that happens.
0: Well, yeah, that they give jobs out like that. But on that writing staff, all of those writers are like super duper brilliant, like name brand people. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen that guy at UCB for 15 years, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Okay, well, so, Matt, what's your five-year plan? Um, Great question. I think that my five-year plan is to sell the show up the line early next year. You guys are hearing it in in real time. Uh, Sell the show, shoot a no-budget feature, and then... That you write. That I write. So finish that script this year, basically, shoot it next year, sell the show, use that buzz to content to move into TV, basically, and then do features in between. Is that wishful thinking? I don't know.
1: I, sounds I, great. There's a thing that I, I <laughs> tap out at. And like, but what about after? What about in the summer? <laughs> oh, this next, summer? No, next summer. Like when you're done with all that. Yeah. Well, development. Very, very right? poorly formed joke.
0: Oh, oh, that um, was funny. Yeah. But <laughs> de- de- develop in the summer, basically. Like, that's what I think a lot of... Like, that's, that's when you do your pilot or whatever, right? Yeah. No, I mean, the joke was that you're going to be
1: done with all that stuff by the summer. <laughs> I, <laughs> I get was it. It was,
0: so, I it was
3: so
2: crazy that I was like, surely that's not the joke.
0: Okay. So uh, on the topic of the five-year plan, the thing that we've all been talking about, I had the thought, you know, we talk about um, actors will do this sometimes where as an exercise... The other people in an acting class will all address each person individually and like give them a list of adjectives to like say like, oh, this is what, when I see you, I think of these five things. Fat, mean, like that
2: kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Great.
0: Yeah, yeah. Vindictive, um, you know, hurtful. mm Mm-hmm. Crass, dumb, all that stuff. Um, Anyway. I can't wait. (laughs) But But as a as a way of understanding the way that you're presenting yourself and maybe what you're the the way the things that you might be more apt in being cast in basically Mm -hmm. like what what is your essence is what you're trying to get to because the way that you see yourself and the way you the decisions you make are not necessarily uh emblematic of how people
1: see you basically is what i'm getting at right if the goal for all of us that we want people to hire us because we're carlin or because we're Orin because we're matt Uh, how do we see each other as presenting our like the best way to present ourselves right to the world yeah exactly and like what based off of our track record what are we doing what what would we guess we are aiming
0: for basically um so i thought since the three of us know each other pretty well and know our work pretty well uh that we could do that yeah let's do it so i I can start because i think Orin, you're pretty easy i think that you've been focusing a lot on commercials this year and i feel like even in conversation it's easy to lose track of how you want to be making movies it, you seem like a commercial director to me like you're rather you seem like a person who is whose goal is to make commercials for a living does that make sense it is does make crazy? sense
2: it's not crazy i i think that the thing that i think you've done really well i i in my opinion is that you you've branded yourself as someone who not only does comedy but does comedy with special effects and genres driven stuff That's mm-hmm. still funny. And that's what I think is like I'm like, oh damn. I needed to work on that. Like too. oh, yeah, it's
0: a very clear it's voice. It's super specific. Yeah, that's true That's true. But I, I would say that knowing you I would love to see you do more narrative work hmm I want to see that or in short. I've told you that many times. Yeah Okay no, is it weird I respond yeah yeah for sure <laughs> fuck you uh, guys <laughs> no um, is, this was weirder than i was expecting
1: no it, it's this not gonna be awesome carl you're like it's as, I'm exactly like, i'm gonna go home <laughs> <laughs>
3: Bye. <laughs>
1: it's not weird i guess i thought it was gonna be a little more prescriptive like well I, I guess you told me that i should make a short um yeah same thing you tell me every week uh but yeah no i i think it, well i'm really happy to hear that direct, you know, that you're getting that kind of comedy with VFX kind of mm-hmm. background, like a, a elevated genre comedy, because that is something that I, that was something I actively worked on like two years ago. When I got my website, I mm-hmm. put Oren Kaplan, a genre based, like a genre comedy director with a VFX background or something like that. And I, I can't tell you how many treatments I start with. Uh, I love comedy and I love VFX and I love that I can use both of those things in this in this commercial I say that almost on every even if there's barely any vfx if it's like a phone screen I just say that because that's what I'm trying to work on I really enjoy it I love figuring out how to do the vfx doing the vfx and I love comedy because I like it when you can see somebody laughing at something you know it's just way easier to me than it's not easier it's like easier to figure out if you've done a good job (laughs) on it than like drama um so uh, yeah that, that's exciting to me and I do want to make a short I I think I I really want to sell a TV show uh, mm. to be honest and I, I agree 100% with Carlin that like no one is going to hire me to direct TV unless they've either seen me direct something that's exactly the same mm-hmm. as their TV show or uh, I wrote it you know or originated it or created it or shot the pilot or did something so to me TV is like a little more exciting than features right now because because of this it's just such a long struggle the feature path you know Um, and I think if you do create your own tv show and it's awesome I think you could get a feature multi-million dollar feature like I think you know our friend Tony Ascenda can probably get a decent feature job you know because of his tv show so I don't know that that's something that really excites me and commercials I just think are really fun but they they are super stressful the budgets are going down and the work you have to do to get them is harder and I've just pitched on so many things that have literally gone away after spending weeks and weeks of working on them Mm -hmm. so it's like hard on the ego and the soul you know and so I think to acknowledge what you're saying balancing the commercial work with some more narrative soul fulfilling like Mm -hmm. I have the job because I created the job work (laughs) is necessary for me sure yeah um cool well thanks for the feedback. Matt and Carlin. <laughs> Who wants to go well, next? We should go to Carlin, right? Oh, so we end on yes. me, right? Yeah, yeah. uh Sure. I don't know why, but yeah. um
2: We're going in a circle. Could have been a circle the other way. You can yeah, go to
1: me triangle. either way. I don't care. I no, think no. I'm
2: ready to just get this over with. Yeah,
1: yeah. So Matt, <laughs> you want to
0: talk about Carlin? It, it, it's so much easier to talk about you, Warren, because like
1: you're the other person whose career I am the most <laughs> familiar <laughs> with. Yeah. Well, I can yeah. I, I can start on yeah. Carlin because yeah, like Matt said, obviously we don't know your day to day as much as we know each other's. Like we are just constantly telling each other what we're working on, and we're right. up against each other for so many things. But this year specifically, Carlin and I were up against each other for a lot of things. I mean, the three of us were in the mix on I think a lot of things, and maybe not always for the same project, but
2: well, Carlin, at the same time. we weren't
1: up for much. Where were we?
2: A couple things, maybe.
1: maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was
2: that one series that the woman told us both that we were the only people that she
3: was
0: talking to. Oh, that's to. right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Wait a minute!" Wait, <laughs> but we figured it out not because we were like talking; it was just, it came out like who
1: knows. Very, it was pure happenstance that we figured out that we yeah. were both up for it.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah.
1: But I guess my only point in that is that I have a better idea of like where you're kind of moseying around, and we've obviously talked a lot about reps and you have a really strong commercial background, um, but also like a strong indie narrative background. And I think that those are both great. I think uh, that keep being, di- that commercials are excellent practice. Carlin, too. soft. did you, yeah, you just rolled your eyes yeah, hard. But, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, I will But, I do think like the first time you came on our podcast, Matt and I, it was like this time when we just heard over and over and over, people calling us and asking us if we know good female directors, you know, asking us. And at that time, we told you, or at least I said, like, you should just you'll be directing like big TV shows in a year because there's just like, uh, you know, people like people like you are in demand, like talented, like, you know, uh, female, like good at things, good storytelling, good at meetings and all that stuff. Um, And so I guess the truth is, it's just like it's just you can't there's no surefire way to do anything and but if i were you i would shadow and i would write the feature and i would do the commercials and i would do everything because i think Mm -hmm. you are good at all those things like i think you have strengths in all those different places so i wouldn't um skip any of them uh if i were you yeah
0: i i the more you talk or the more i'm like (laughs) cut out all the fat and just do features
2: Except for how do I make a living? How do you make a living? No, I know.
0: I know. Well, look, that's the circle we're all kind of. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is that the sooner you crack features, the sooner you're not worried about any of that other garbage. Like when you do a LaCroix commercial, it's
1: for fun and for money and
0: because you want to go on vacation and they think you're fancier.
1: Okay. So... And so you're still doubling down on features for Carlin, even though though you know she already made a feature. Yeah, but she wants to make more features. Yeah. Right. I guess just saying, like, just put all your energy into features. It's like if this next one doesn't hit and the next one doesn't hit, but the third one does, that's like six years down the road. Yeah,
0: I'm okay with placing bets on carlin's ability to make features though do you know what i mean like but
2: also i'm writing multiple features right now and like not every feature that i write is going to get made but i could write six to ten features in the next three years easy
0: yeah 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 it is
2: it is i wish i you know had a trust fund because then i would just write and do more narrative stuff but it's hard to give up commercial stuff too because it's also just a way of practicing
0: yeah do the other things to like make money and things like that and like Stay above water but It's an investment in Your future
2: Mm -hmm. I agree and also people Say I do want to get staffed in the next year People get staffed off of plays And features too you don't have to have just Two pilots you know
0: You You should have have two pilots But you know I do do have friends
2: who have Really gotten staffed off of like having an amazing Play or an amazing features Let
0: me ask was that amazing play like
1: Buzzy?
2: No and she's On an HBO show
1: Cool or do you want to respond to what we said? I don't know if there's...
2: No, I, I feel...
1: I mean, it sounds I feel like... like
2: you, g- I agree with, with you both.
1: I feel like you agree more with Matt, but I'm like a little bit more right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, but <laughs> I, I wish I could just do... But I, yeah. I, I'm i going hard on all of the paths just because you never know which one's going to right. I I, hit first. I guess I
1: personally think what makes you a good filmmaker is the rounded background that you have, mm. you know? Mm. That you produced for you know, computer chest and... and uh, Linklater. Linklater, right? And that you did these lifestyle commercials and also a comedy, you know, web series and a, like a high concept like digital show and a, you know, low budget feature. Like I think you're easy to talk to. The reason we have you on this podcast as much as we do is because we can I'm talk the, to you about... Uh, oh, yeah. Anything uh-huh. directing related. <laughs> and I think somebody... We've never had someone that just... You know, sits in coffee shops and writes features all day because they don't have that same background. You know, I think I'm realizing that my advice to both
0: you and Carlin is obviously like just about what I want for myself and my insecurities.
1: <laughs> like, uh, so obviously. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. my advice too. I mean, I'm like, you can have it all.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: but just shoot proof of concepts, please. Uh, this is awful. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. boy. Um, no, I mean, I think. I think you've had a really good year this year. Uh, and, and in ways that you totally, I would have never expected last year that you would be directing, you know, things for Ellen and things for Facebook Watch. I mean, last year you did those two shows back to back. That was like on the high of the Go90, you know, uh, revolution that just fizzled out. I think. You've had like awesome. You, I think this year you've like really thickened your resume in a lot of cool ways. You know, mm-hmm. you have Barack Obama on your reel, and you have TV stuff on your reel, and you have like multi-million viewed videos, you know, on your reel. Uh, but I don't know that how much of those things like you can show someone with your script for a show about a girl that's really into comic books. You know it how that sells you as the director. I think as a writer and show creator, you've made a lot of progress. So to me, I'd like to see those two things come together. And I know that's what your short's about. And um, and you've done like a bunch of like awesome commercials this year too. And I think, I don't know, I think that last one you did, the gambling one's like uh, like awesome. Like I would kill yeah, to have yeah. like a commercial like that on my reel, cause it's sim- You know, it looks like the commercials that I love on TV. It's like simple, looks good. And it's focused, you know, and that's like really hard to find material like that. Um, so, I don't know. I I know commercials isn't like your passion, but I think when they come up, you should definitely do them. We should all kind of take. I mean, we, we all love money. Money. those weekend jobs, but I don't know if you should take the. If Ellen says, "Do you want to come on for ten months and shoot these things again?" I think, if I were you, I would probably say, you know, just call me for like the big jobs, you know. But I don't want to do thirty episodes of, of something, you know, because it's not in line with with where I'm going. Um, it's very easy to say, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, I think I feel like you've had a good year, and you probably have an, a little bit of room to make those mm-hmm. decisions. And we all go through that time where you're like, uh, I just need someone to hire me for anything, yeah. And then other times we're like, uh, I can't work on ten things at the same time. I got to stop and write my feature. So, yeah, I don't know.
2: I, I think list for me listening to your. Goals and this, I think that you know this was this was a year where you, t- where you had a lot of great jobs like money jobs um, and creative in a in a way. But I just think like you need to focus on your long term career strategy and how you're going to get there.
1: Mm-hmm. And you should look mm-hmm. at your short film as like Carlin made three shorts, you know, and one of them won South Bay, pretty much.
2: It won every <laughs> festival. Yeah I'm an award winning director
1: I mean you've all seen it So <laughs> But uh, But yeah So it's like Keep I think that's awesome I'm like so jealous That you did that short And you made that That's World War One Spec commercial I don't even know What it's about But It's like you're Making stuff And just keep Doing that You know And it's what made us all get into film is we made a bunch of crappy videos that like our parents liked, and so we kept making more videos. And Your my mom hasn't pa- liked any. <laughs> she
2: tried to watch. Well, I just produced computer just, but she haven't I told the story? I think so. Yeah, she said, "Well, I tried it's to watch an it, but it's a, docu- and- it's a documentary." And I said, "No, mom, it's not <laughs> a documentary." And she's like, went back to watch it again. Carla, it's a, it's just a, it's a documentary, and I was like, "No, it is not. It's shot in black and white." <laughs>
1: Anyways, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't get it. That's okay.
3: <laughs> it's fine.
1: Well, what do you think, Matt?
0: Yeah, I think that stuff all makes complete sense. Um, yeah, and I, I think is kind of exactly. I think I think we all have said the
1: things that we heard today, mm-hmm. basically,
0: right? Like, in some version,
1: no, or yeah. Well, yeah. I think I mean I, I think I would have said the same thing if we hadn't just had this conversation. Sure. Fair enough. Um, But I, you know, I don't know. You never know. Like you wouldn't have gotten the Obama job without the Facebook watch. Like, you know, you don't, you, the way that this city and business works is so random, you know? Um,
0: I, I guess my ultimate point is though, it's totally true. Like saying yes to opportunities leads to more opportunities, but it also closes you off from being in a different building. So I was in the building and got the Obama job and I'm so grateful for that. It was a dream come true. But also, if I had been in a different building, something else would have popped up. Do you know what I mean? And I so, like, make sure you're in the building that is in line with what you want to be doing.
2: I've said no more in the past year to things, in the past couple of years, than I have, than I ever would have thought that I would. Yeah. Just because I'm like, eh.
0: Like, cool stuff, too, right? Yeah.
2: Like, this is maybe not that cool, but I got offered actually an Animal Planet job that was like <laughs> fat pets. It's so stupid, but Ooh. it was like directing this like funny show about like Carlin, overweight pets.
1: And you
0: like fat pets. You, you, you was, like fat jokes. I love fat pets.
2: Yes, who doesn't? But I thought, okay, I'm going to be doing this Animal Planet show for four. I just was no, like, I can't right do call. it. Yeah. And I regret my bank account regrets that decision daily. But my long term career, like strategy, it, it, you know i yeah. glad I didn't. I yeah.
1: still love like the Abby Fuller advice that she was, you know, when, that she gave us is like, take all the jobs, but tell everyone that hires you exactly what you want to do. And Brad Payton, who directed, you know, San Andreas and Rampage and all these giant movies, mm-hmm. he got his first movie, an $80 million feature film, <laughs> That's crazy. by telling the guy who owned the property that he wants to direct the sequel to this movie he did. You know, so I think it's, it's just really important to tell people and show people what you want to do and then take the jobs and meet the people. Brad was literally in the building when he said that though. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like that's
0: the tricky part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think also all of this is, there's a subtext of like, we all have to make money. Right. And we're all fortunate enough that like we had good years and like the support to go to film school or UCLA in the first place and like, you know, kind of build up like, there's a lot of opportunity that we've already, um, been gifted. And so I don't want to disavow that, you know, but also, um, you know, I remember when I first got to USC, I realized like everyone gets dealt a different hand, you know, like there's some fucking rich kids, plenty of them just squandered those opportunities. So I guess what I'm saying is like we're all just trying to think of like how can you make the best the absolute best of the opportunities that you've been
1: given and how can you generate more basically.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's make a vow right now that one year from now we will get back on this podcast and see what we've accomplished. Oh, team. Um, well, should we jump into our final oh, segment? Carlin, you got anything?
2: I have so many. Oh, good. Um, the Bodyguard on Netflix. Oh, really? Why is nobody watching this but, but oh. me? <laughs> it People can't are be just it. me. Um, yeah. I feel like
0: someone has brought it. Is it like The Bodyguard, like the Whitney Houston? No, it, is, it's so,
2: it has fucking nothing to do with that. It's confusing. It's Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. And he's the bodyguard of... I can't remember the name. It's the person right under the prime minister in the UK.
0: Not Whitney Houston
2: she's not alive
0: oh you're right but i mean not a pop star um a not prime a pop star prime minister. it's, po- it's, po- it's prime minister.
2: it starts i'm not giving it away but it starts with him like a not well who knows there's a bomb that could go off or maybe not in the public transit system in the uk in london and then um
1: the underground
2: the underground and then he becomes the bodyguard the to this to this woman who's a high up government official and gotcha has ptsd and hmm. it's great because of the accents and he's all they're always saying you know ma'am but mm-hmm. it's like mom 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. mom yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it's good. amazing for a while i was like mom but that that was i love the buddy it's like it's like six episodes and it's really sexy and kind of heavy-handed at times but it's great
1: yeah that sounds good dude yeah i just had a commercial idea where uh, like everyone's names in the commercials are like Alexa, Hey Siri, and OK Google. <laughs> and people are just yelling them at each other the whole time.
2: What's the advertising?
1: There we go. And there's my Amazon <laughs> uh, It's advertising like security. Like, oh, I don't know, good. something to like stop having people listen in on Great. your conversations. Rory. You got to shoot it this year. Okay. Wow, Jeez. Alexa's oh, Shit, <laughs> Alexa. I said her name. Don't say Alexa. <laughs> um, no, just because you... I was just thinking of like why it would be funny if someone just kept saying mom over and over.
2: Right. It, it's very funny in the in this show. It's not a comedy whatsoever.
0: The, the Bodyguard. That sounds great.
2: Mm-hmm. It's six episodes. I mean.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Nice and easy. It oh, was the great. most
2: popular series in uh, England this year.
0: Oh, all
2: right.
1: I have two real it, quick ones. Yeah, do it, on Amazon Prime Homecoming. Have you guys seen it?
2: I just started it. I fell asleep. Thoughts? First yeah. episode.
1: Oh, I mean, the filmmaking is insane, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: The sets.
1: It is nuts. And I'm really enjoying it. I'm four episodes in, but. That's I'm, why I
2: got to keep going.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, Kara fell asleep at, in episode <laughs> two, but uh, its re- I really like it uh, so far. So it's cool. Um, and I'm also like a huge fan of Gimlet Media, you know, the, t- the people behind the show. Uh, my other thing is a program. I actually sent Matt an email about it today. He never responded. I'm sorry. He's busy. It's called PureRef, P-U-R-E-R-E-F. It's like totally free and it just lets you organize all your images if you're making a treatment or um, doing anything that is real, relies on images and you have like a ton of them and you're trying to organize them and move them around and just, I don't know, it, it, you, you just got to check it out. Like type in PureRef into Google and it's free and it's um, this awesome program. I'm going to show it to you guys after this mm. Such
2: a endorsement. You're such a, like, a great resource for that kind of yeah. nerdy sort of stuff. Thanks. I love it.
0: <laughs> you, you said that with such glee. <laughs> I know, but I, it was a compliment. <laughs> no, no. His thanks. He was like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the expert. Oh, I am that guy. Um, have I endorsed uh, Spider-Man? Like, <laughs> the PlayStation 4 game before? Just Spider-Man? The original <laughs> character? No, no. The PlayStation game? Oh, no. Uh, what you guys. Spider-Man on PlayStation 4. Oh, I've heard of it. I though.
2: take it back. You're the nerdy one.
0: Oh man, it's so good. It's really awesome.
2: I don't play video games.
0: Um, let me recommend Sorry. it. How do you feel about Spider-Man? Do you have any neutral. feelings? Neutral. Yeah, neutral.
2: Just a, that's a guy.
0: Um, Spider-Man is like Charlie Brown but with superpowers, right? So like he is always trying his absolute hardest to do the right thing. And then it inadvertently like hurts his social life in some way. So he's always letting somebody down because he's busy saving someone or something like that. Uh, with great power comes great responsibility. And the game does a great job of like making you feel like you're actually swinging and stuff. Um, through New York, it's incredibly rendered, but also the story is really genuinely awesome. Like it weaves in all of the emotional beats of Spider-Man and like the sense of responsibility and like a little bit of frantic franticness of like really trying to like get it all done you know like there's a there's a mugging and then there's like you know a guy who's got a bomb and then you know vulture is flying around all this stuff crazy stuff all at once and then like aunt may is like you know you have to hang up on her to like go save the world or whatever is it an open world yeah sounds really stressful uh it's great it's great and also very good natured like like you like so open world right like uh, in the world of like Fallout which I love but also like Red Dead Redemption or like Grand Theft, Auto. Grand Theft Auto those games are all very destructive right mm-hmm. you can't accidentally like run a pedestrian over in Spider-Man but you can give them a high five if you want <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> it's for ah. kids yeah or adults who have um, played it to 100% who
2: have a whimsical <laughs> sense of yeah. wonder about
1: them. yeah Spidey it's yeah. the best cool well, thanks for the endorsements. Anything else? I think that's all we oh, got. Oh, wait.
2: I'll say one more. Oh, yeah. My friend, <laughs> Hannah Fidel, which actually you guys should have on the show. I just thought of
0: it. I feel like we maybe reached out to Hannah.
2: Maybe. um Her she, her movie came out. It's called The Long Dumb Road. But um I saw it this weekend. It's playing the Lomley, and it's available for rent. It's really funny. What is it about? It's about these, this young man who was like the star of, dope and some other not one not the star but one of the stars like a up-and-coming guy and he or jason manzoukas jason that? manzoukas oh sure it's his first leading role oh and so he's surprise surprise a grifter hmm. and uh this guy is going to college moves driving from it's a classic road trip movies so he's like going to college in la and he picks up jason manzoukas and you know and lots of things happen <laughs> it's really fun
0: it's a long dumb road it it's a long like. dumb road great Awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Well, that's exciting. Manzoukas um, is very funny.
2: He's very fun And gets pretty dark at times.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Carlin.
2: Thank you. I hope I didn't bum people out.
1: Ugh. Ugh. Just us. Good. Um, no, you were awesome. If you guys have any uh, comments you want to tell us, your five-year plans, want to tell us if you think we're on the right paths or the wrong paths, please email us at justshootatpod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. We're at Just Shoot It Pod. Uh, leave us an iTunes review. It really helps people find the show and is awesome. And we read them on the show as well. And this episode was edited by Christopher Robert Gray. And our producer is Madeline Rosewat. Our webmaster is Ewan Williams. And the music you're listening to is from the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar. That's all we got. That's all she wrote. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.